0: y'all welcome back to the don't mom alone podcast i'm your host heather McFadden, and this is the place where i'm gonna walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources who remind you you don't mom alone in this episode number 244 i have the pleasure of chatting with my new friend erica young the budget should bring freedom and the reason i
1: even started the business is because the bible says in habakkuk 2 write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it then it goes on to talk about the vision It's set for an appointed time and so here's the deal you write it you write the vision you make it plain and then you simply run with it this is your vision and so if we're stressing it's because we've actually created a stressful situation in our budget we've not created wiggle room or we haven't given ourselves permission to enjoy or we we need a savings account and so we need to tackle some of those those goals in order to bring some of that flexibility that the budget can provide and so it's a vision it's a roadmap, it's a you know some healthy boundaries around your money so that you can get where you eventually want to go financially
0: i don't know what your story has been when it comes to budgets and maybe finances you're already like not for me this episode is not for me well let me give you some hope we have never had a budget in our home And I was super inspired by what Erica shares in this episode. She reframes it so it doesn't have to be a dirty word. And she gives us hope to focus in on some goals and also gives us some great ideas for helping train our kids when it comes to financial responsibility, some ways to set them up so that they don't end up in similar situations of debt and being restrained because of the financial choices they've made. But before we get to all that goodness, I'm thrilled to share with you this month's sponsor, FabFitFun. They're the ones who make the production of this show possible. But what is FabFitFun? Well, it's a seasonal subscription box with full size beauty, fitness, fashion and lifestyle products. And you're thinking, Heather, your show is on budgeting. Why are you telling me about this thing to spend more money on? Well, it's actually a really great deal. If you're already spending a lot of money on beauty products, consider signing up for FabFitFun everything in the box has a value of over $200. And if you bought the box, it would be $49.99. But I have a coupon code DMA10, the number 1010, to get $10 off your first box over at fabfitfun.com. So great news. You're getting over $200 worth of products, full-size products for $39.99. And hurry, because they do sell out fast it's like having your birthday four times a year. What a great present for Mother's Day coming up. If you want to give something your mom keeps getting all year long, this could be a great idea. And don't forget you get that $10 dollars off if you use the coupon code DMA, the number 1010 1, over at fabfitfun.com. All right, let's get to my conversation with Erica. Here we go. Hey, Erica, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. Well, it's a thrill for me because I don't often have guests come on the show to talk about this topic.
1: Yes. Well, I'm excited to be here and to chat about it. Super important.
0: Before we get into it, would you introduce your family real quick to everyone listening? Sure. So I am a mom of two girls
1: who are 19 and 15. And so I'm in that teenager phase. My husband and I are trying to figure out How to parent the second one, because she's different from the first one. My oldest is a freshman in college. And so that has been an interesting journey. And my second is a freshman in high school, and she's a completely different child. And then I also have a one and a half year old puppy whom (laughs) I love dearly. I am a mom of a dog and he drives me crazy, but I love him. (laughs) so. My husband, after 20 years, well, 19 and a half years, he was like, not sure if he wanted to try the dog thing again. We've had some challenging history with that. And uh, I surprised him for Christmas last year.
0: (laughs) And now we have a dog. (laughs) We could talk. We we have a challenging history as well. We had a puppy for a month. That's how long that lasted.
1: Oh, yeah. It's more than a notion for sure.
0: That is very true. Well, I love that you have, okay, girls in high school and college, man, anytime I can learn from y'all that have gone before, I'm all for it. And you also have a business that you're running. Can you tell us a little bit of how you got into that and and what you do? Absolutely. So... 20, almost 21 years ago, my husband and I got
1: married and we were a financial hot mess. (laughs) 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 So we had lots of debt. We had about $60,000 in debt and smart as we were at our young early ages in our twenties, we had a baby early um, into our marriage and then had another one. And with those children, we felt like we needed safer, more reliable cars. And of course with that came debt and payments. So We had to find our way out of $90,000 in debt and it stank. Like it just wasn't (laughs) fun. And thank God I had a husband who was wise, but also who was open to new ideas. And he found Dave Ramsey on the, the radio and he encouraged me to listen. We got on the bandwagon, of course, and together we decided to Take his class and get our friends involved, and so it started us on our financial journey to change the way we looked at money. And that took about five years to get out of debt. And during that process, towards the end of the process, is when we said, you know what? Maybe I can help other people. And uh, we toiled with that idea and prayed about it and talked to friends and talked to my pastor and. I said, okay, I'm going to try this. And so I worked with a couple of people in the first year that I decided that I wanted to try and see if anybody would actually pay me to help them with their money. (laughs) And um, it was fun, interesting. I learned a lot in that first year and my pastor really helped to sort of define what he felt the people that he was sending me needed. And then I went, took a business class and got trained by Dave Ramsey's team and I have been in business helping people with their finances, get out of debt, manage their money and cash flow plans for the last 14 years. And basically, it's turned into a second career. My first career engineering actually lasted for seven years. And then I walked away from that to pursue this full time because I knew that it was what God had called me to. And I have not looked back. I honestly have not regretted the decision. It hasn't been easy Um, But it has been rewarding. And I know that this is where my gift and call is. And it has been a blessing ever since. So,
0: yeah, 14 years going strong. Wow. Okay. So, I'm doing all the math. So, this was something that you were doing while raising young girls, because I get a lot of questions from moms that are working something either outside the home or in the home while raising kids. And so, You've made it to the other side, basically, I feel like. What tips do you have? I know this wasn't going to be the topic of our conversation, but I feel like I <laughs> have you here. I want to I want to learn from you. What tips do you have for the mom who is growing a career while growing people? Yeah. To it's not a balancing act. We know that. But what did you find to be helpful? Well,
1: what's interesting is when our kids are young is the most expensive, most challenging mm physically demanding, stressful time. It's beautiful, but it's also, we're, you know, juggling a lot of balls and we're trying to figure it out. We're still growing ourselves as parents, trying to figure out how to be a mom and a wife and a mother. Like, it's just, it, it, all of it is, can be overwhelming and actually to either have a career or grow a business or figure out how to be the at-home mom without losing yourself. Like it's, it actually is a lot to handle. And so the one thing that I like to tell people is that this is a season. Yeah. This does not last forever. Yes. It's expensive. Yes. It's challenging to figure out how to make all the ends meet, but it is a season. And so what can you do during this season to either maximize your income or decrease your outgo so that you are focusing on the priorities that your family needs. Mm -hmm. And so Simply put, the priorities are food, clothing, shelter, transportation, right? And the extras are what we really want to give to our family so that, you know, we are giving them the best that we can, you know, financially provide. And I think we also have to understand that there is a real thing called parental peer pressure. Mm -hmm. And my biggest concern when we spend money during this season of life where we're rearing children is that we don't fall into the trap of doing things, paying for things, buying things, involving our kids in, in activities and sports because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Do it because your child loves it. Do it because you see something special in that moment or do it because it actually makes financial sense. Um, don't do it because of these external forces because those will always be present and your children are already going through that And I want to press against that a little bit because what I have found is in the building phase, as we're rearing children, people tend to spend so much more and accumulate debt just as we did. I mean, I'm I'm not immune to it, but we accumulate debt. And then somewhere in our mid-40s, late 40s, we're like, oh my gosh, like 20 years have gone by. What in the world has occurred? I don't have anything in retirement. And I've spent all this money on these kids. And then they start resenting what they had to spend on these children. And so Mm. I just say one of the biggest things is just evaluate why we're making our spending choices and keep in mind the priorities that you have for your family and make certain that it is all in alignment with the income that you have coming in.
0: That's super wise. It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. And And I love that you took it back to financial. I was thinking emotional and like mental as the mom game, you know. Yeah. But this is the filter that you think through, which I love. I love. And I know you are helping so many people budget and live that season well. But tell us, why is a budget important? You and I, before we got on the call, I said, "Um, I have to admit, Erica, we don't have a budget. (laughs) like like confession time. Even though my husband's in finance, we don't have a budget. So convince me, why is this important? I love what you already said. That feels already important. But tell me a little more.
1: Yeah. So here's the deal. I say don't do a budget if you don't have a big enough why behind it. Hmm. Honestly, you have to have a goal. You have to have something you're striving for. That is what makes sense to actually put numbers on paper and figure out how you can get to that goal. Otherwise, you make a budget and then you don't have any reason to stick with it. Yeah. And so my first reason for starting out with a budget is so that we could get out of debt. That was our first goal. It's like, OK, guess what? We can't live like this. I'm an engineer. How come I have no money? <laughs> 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 it's because we had a thousand dollars in debt payments going out every single month. And so what do we need to do in order for that not to be our reality and for us not to feel so stressed? Well, it really is to make certain that we had money, like flexible spending, like, you know, some cushion, some room in our budget so that when life happens that we can actually handle it. So have a goal. I I really encourage people to start off with their goals. When I work with anyone, one of the very first things that I ask them is what is your goal? What is your reason for doing this? Where do you want to see yourself in six months? Who do you want to be financially, you know, 12 months from now? And when they start thinking about that, they're like, okay, so here's what I want. This is why I'm doing this. And then it starts to become clear. So for some people, it's, I just want to have a family vacation. For some it's, I want to have some wiggle room in the budget. For some it's, yes, I want to get out of debt or I want to save some money, or my kids are going to college soon and I have nothing saved, or I want to save for retirement. Like there's tons of goals out there. It could simply be, I want a new living room, you know, piece of furniture, like a couch. Mm -hmm. Everybody's goal is different. The short-term goals and the long-term goals. But when you break it down, that's the reason to do a budget. Today, because we are out of debt, my goal is to stay out of debt. My goal is to make certain that we have cash spending Or my daughter who's in college and the next one who's coming into school Um, and to be able to send them on trips to, you know, overseas when they're doing study abroad, my daughter's going to do a study abroad and that's not cheap. And I don't want to feel stressed financially having to choose, you know, for my kids what they can and cannot do, or even having to choose for my husband and I, if we want to go on a vacation or Save for retirement. I want to feel like I can do all of that. And when you don't have payments, you actually have freedom and choices to be able to do that.
0: That's why the budget's important. I love it. Okay. So in my head, it just popped up this idea. One, we don't talk about politics, religion, or money, right? That's those Mm. are the and marriages, you know, the statistics of marital issues surrounding finances. How do you counsel? couples when their goals differ or if one is driving this train of like I want to be here financially this is my goal and the other is not as concerned and and it's not lining up do you end up in situations where you're doing a lot of marriage counseling alongside budgeting
1: you know it's true I I don't have any formal education in marriage counseling but yes I do find that I am a happy medium I'm sort of that go-between yeah um You know, there's the whole idea of love and respect and how women see through a pink glass and that tunnel vision of pink and then men see through blue and together they're purple. And so I want to help them get to purple. Right. So I think that what really needs to happen is they need to find commonality. Where can they see where their goals overlap? And sometimes really with a lot of couples, it's just that they're saying it differently and they feel they aren't being heard. And so if we can come to a place where this couple has shared goals, where they have commonality. So, so one might, and then I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I, yes, definitely feel like I want to keep a savings account, but my husband's goal is so much bigger than mine. Like, I just think it doesn't take all that. We don't need all that money. And when I realized that it's because of his past of never having enough and living paycheck to paycheck and his you know, his mother just never had savings that I realized why that was so important to him. Mm. We still have the same goal of saving money. His is just more intense than mine. And there's a reason behind it. Mm. And so let's figure out where we overlap so we can at least get to that level and then regroup and say, okay, now that we're here, how do we get to the next thing? Let's talk about it again. So we don't have to fuss and fight about the end result. Let's figure out what's In the next six months and typically when you break it down to that level of detail there's a give and a take sometimes it's yeah she wants to enjoy her birthday and so let's you know put a couple of hundred dollars away for that or yes he wants to feel like he can go golf or whatever it is and let's make sure that those things are present because we care about one another we should care about each other's goals but we need to also look for ways that we connect and overlap in our goals and why we aren't seeing 100% eye to eye so we can overcome that together.
0: It's good. I think one, one half of the couple too, if we're talking about that, could be resistant to a budget because they feel like it's a straitjacket. Yes. Like you're trying to take away all my fun. So I like what you said about, okay, let's think through what is something fun. That you want to save towards or what's a s- short-term goal to reduce the straitjacket feeling but what other tips or, or things do you have to say about that well that's good i have a
1: class that i do it's called budget it's not a dirty word <laughs> 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 and my business is called tailor-made budgets and the reason is because i don't shy away from the term budget we all know what it is we can be creative if you want to you can call it a spending plan you can call it a cash flow plan Whatever you want to call it is totally fine. But when I say the word budget, everybody has a response, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And many times when it's bad, it is the straitjacket, It's restriction. It's lack of freedom, that kind of thing. But here's the deal. It's what you make of it. Your budget is your own. Make it your own. And so for one, I always say put fun in the budget. I don't care where you are in your journey. Always, always, always put fun in the budget, even if it's just a movie, even if it's just a date night. Make certain that you feel like if your kids need some clothes, maybe you can't spend $300 on clothing, but maybe you can get each of them one outfit, right? Yeah. Put it in there so that you're being real about how you're going to spend money. And that is important because if you go into the whole discussion around, I need a budget, here's why, with this idea that it's frustrating, it's going to be annoying, we're not going to get anything then of course you're not going to put anything fun in it. But when I give you permission to put the fun in the budget, to make certain that your kids dance lessons are in the budget and you can see it for what it really is. Now you're being realistic instead of, well, I can't have it. So I'm not even going to try. Hmm. And I tell people before you even start with the budget, let's have a reality check. So Here's the deal. If you can look back at the last three months of your spending and see by category what you spent on groceries, clothing, dining out, gas, of course, all of your utilities and things like that, and add it up and start to look in the mirror and see what the reality of your spending is, that's going to put you in a place of power, actually, Mm -hmm. because now you're armed with information, yeah. And now you're like, okay, so here is what I did. Am I okay with that? Does it align with my goals? And what do I need to shift, if anything, as I'm preparing for this next month coming? And so if people are able to face that reality, then they're able to make much better choices as they're creating their budget.
0: Super good. Super good. I like it. I mean, I, even this weekend, you know, Sunday night comes around, the fridge is pretty empty. My pantry's pretty empty. I'm not feeling the whole cooking dinner thing. And I'm like, Mexican sounds amazing. Yep. And my my hubby's like, we have already been out to eat multiple times this weekend. How about I make some grilled cheese sandwiches? And I'm like, really? I mean, even me, I'm like, "Mm." but of course, I mean, that saves a good 70 bucks to 100 bucks to not eat out Sunday night. And so there's an element of if I did look back to the weekend and the spending of the weekend, I probably would have been led to the same decision. But I'm just thinking in the moment of what's easy and what's easy is to just get some Tex-Mex. And that's real talk. Yeah. That,
1: that's what we all go through. We're tired. Yeah. We, we don't feel like being bothered. We don't want to clean up after ourselves. No. We don't want to have to think and look at a recipe. I mean, all of that comes into play. And yet one of the things that I say to people is with dining out, you're never going to go to zero. I mean, I have families that I talk to that say, oh, we don't go out to eat. We don't we don't you don't have to put anything in there for me. And I'm like, that's not reality. Um, For most people, everybody's going to go out to eat. So you can't let that go to zero. I say let's Look at this differently. In order to be proactive over the next four weeks, let's say how much and how often. How much are you going to spend each time you go? So where are you going? Because pizza is very different from a sit down restaurant where you have to tip and right. you're paying for drinks. Right. Um. So that's how much. And then how often are you doing it? Two times a week versus four times a week is a huge difference for most families. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not speaking at all of deprivation. I hate deprivation. It just isn't real. It's not sustainable. But if we're really looking at... How can we make an impact on the goal that we have set? Dining out is a huge category for improvement for most people. And so if you look at your past spending and it's a certain number and you want to cut it in half, my recommendation is look at how much and how often um, are you going? And if you can change potentially where you're going so that it's a little less expensive and or change how often you're going, you could save yourself a couple hundred bucks easy.
0: And I'm finding my boys eat a lot more. I'm just yes. going to say. I got, I got two boys that are as big as me now. And uh, it's like taking four adults out and two kids. Yes. It's not right. the kid meal options anymore. And it's getting pretty pricey. We went out the other night and not only did they all order once, they ordered twice. Yeah, They're getting a second meal.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing where you can get involved in coupons or special days. There's a specific yeah. spot that... You know, you buy one meal, you get one free on a certain day, and so I just plan. I'm like, I know that that's going to happen once a month or once every two months, and and so you start looking at how can you capitalize on the rewards of any of these places that you frequent. Do they have Groupon?s Do they have? How can you still enjoy Mm -hmm. by but also pay less? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yep. And I think it's teaching our kids too this element of delayed gratification, or I. I don't just get what I want when I want, you know, yes. I was on the sidelines of a soccer game with a mom and, and her child came up and he's like, oh, I want to go out to eat. And she's like, no, I have food at home. And he's like, oh, but I wanted a burger. You know, you get in your head like, I feel like a burger right now. So I need to go yes. get a burger at X, Y and Z place. Whereas we're not really setting them up for future financial success. If it's this, yes. I feel like I need this right now. I so I'm going to go get it.
1: I did a really good exercise with my daughters a few years back when we were in that space of, you know, soccer and marching band practices and everything was pretty busy and they started doing that. Well, you know, where are we going to eat? And they were not excited about going home to eat. And so I said, okay, here is a hundred dollars. This is our dining out money for this amount of time. And I want you to spend it. I want you to figure out where the family is going to go, how much it's going to cost, Mm. So that we are doing this ahead of time. And they were old enough to do it. I mean,
0: were they like middle school, high school?
1: Yes. So middle school and high school age. Um, And so I gave them the assignment and they were like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. It's interesting because what they really wanted from Chick-fil-A was the milkshake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so they were like, okay, so we want the milkshake. We don't have to eat because our family is going to spend 30 or 40 bucks at Chick-fil-A alone. Yeah. And so they were like, no, 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 no. We just want the milkshake from Chick-fil-A. But here we're gonna go get the family's gonna eat. And then here we're gonna and so it made them think about how much things cost. And then I've also done the same thing with grocery shopping. I've got to the point where my daughter was started driving. I gave her some money and I gave her a list and I said, Go get it. Not because I couldn't or I was too busy, but because I wanted then to understand how much things cost and how to stick within the cash amount of money that I gave to them. Mm-hmm. And they enjoyed it. They had a good time. But it took them a while to understand that what was in their cart had to be equal to or less than what I gave them. <laughs> and so and so those are good exercises for kids when they're old enough because yeah. that helps them to really connect with how much things cost. Mm. I do that now because they're girls. I do that now all the time with clothing. I always give them cash money and let them go because that helps them to think about what they really want. And what's interesting nowadays, they always come back, they have money and I let them keep it. And they're like, oh, I, you know, spent $50 on this. I still have 10 bucks, mom. I'm winning. You know what I mean? Like that, mm. they feel good about that. And I want them to feel good that they went and purchased something and that they also were able to keep money for themselves for next time.
0: So good. One question I have for you that just came to me is we were talking about money, we're talking about freedom and and goals and saving. How did you handle tithing and saving and that whole teaching our kids the different categories within money with your girls? So
1: good, so good. So my husband and I definitely are tithers and we've been so for our entire relationship and part of it is modeling. Um, So being present to the fact that when we write out our tithe check, I mean, I've not, every so often when we go out of town, we will electronically send in our tithe, but 90% of the time we are writing a check. I still write checks for my tithe because I need my daughters to see us putting that in and mm. putting that somewhere in the church so that they see that act of tithing. Yeah. Um. And so part of it is modeling. The other part is that we have conversations, obviously, when they make money is how much of this are you giving to the church and discussing what tithing is and that kind of thing when it was age appropriate. And for them, it was primarily when they started making some money. And they get excited when they're receiving from the church, when, they're, you know, when they go to a place where they feel like it's home and they're able to make a difference and they see the impact that that makes. And so it's about that whole relationship and that community with the church and being present to it. And then also, again, them being able to put it in the box um, at the church. And so that whole experience, I think, modeling and then discussing with them the importance of that but also because they don't have responsibilities helping them to understand saving. And so my kids have, I'm the money lady. So the, the <laughs> honest truth is it's kind of hard for me to have this conversation because I have to do that. I think my, my clients and just what it is that I do holds me to a standard where I get excited about this stuff and not everybody does. Yeah. Um. But You know, I've told my kids that you know you have to save, and they didn't really have a reason to for a while. And so I just said, this is a practice. You want to get in the habit of doing it. If you do it now while you're young, it's going to be much easier when you're older. The other part of this is when they became teenagers, close to being able to drive. As I said, you're going to pay for half of your car. We'll pay for half, but you pay for the other half. And so that was a reason, again, a goal for them to aspire to, so that they can save. And so my youngest is now currently saving. My oldest, she ended up saving seventeen hundred dollars towards her car purchase, and so we got her actually the car that we got her everything all in was thirty seven hundred dollars, and she owed us a few hundred dollars, and it took her about a month to earn the rest of that while she was working, and she was so excited, she screamed debt free, she was like I'm debt free, (laughs) did the happy dance, and but it was neat. She has a sense of ownership of that vehicle, and so. I think as we're trying to teach our kids these principles, we actually have to model it. There was a time when I also showed them our budget. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted them to understand. I don't do this often. And honestly, if I did it more often, they probably would remember. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Some of it isn't appropriate for them to know, probably. But I needed them to be able to see how much we spend on groceries, how much the electric bill is, how much we're tithing. You know, I want them to actually have some element of surprise, like, wow, I, I had no idea that we spent that much money on this. And here's why this is important. And so I think not having so many secrets about the money will also give them a reason to feel like they can ask questions and, and that kind of thing. So that is also important is just being a little bit more transparent and helping them to understand that this doesn't have to be all private behind closed doors, just Mom and dad will take care of everything because when they have a chance to manage money, they need to understand how to do it. And if you don't teach them how to do it, that a budget is a good thing. And here's why. And here's why we save. And here's why we tithe. And these are how God is going to provide. If we honor him first, then they can begin to see that and and see that for themselves. And so um, that's extremely important for them to be able to recognize in you as well as in their life themselves
0: did you guys have allowances or, you know, money for chores or or work around the house? How did you handle when they, before they had jobs outside the house?
1: Yes. So we did have what I call commissions. Um, commissions. That's a good one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because you work and you get paid. And so There was a time though, of course, when my oldest, when she so she's kind of my, of course, the guinea pig. Yeah. Like because she's the first child. And so when she started driving, we would just deposit a specific amount of money into her account. And because we always wanted to make sure she had gas money, we never wanted her to be without certain things. And so it wasn't a lot of money. But um Even though she had a job, we were depositing a certain amount into her account and I wanted her to feel like she had the flexibility to go get some gum and to, you know, go get a dress or whatever, because she now had the freedom to be able to drive and go do some of that stuff. And so that we started doing. But prior to that, I mean, yeah, it was commissions. And I'm still doing that with my youngest who's 15. Um, It's just work and reward. And here's what I expect um, as you're getting paid on a month on a regular basis. You've got these particular choi- chores to take care of, and you know you've got to make certain to to get those done. The challenge that I have, you know,
0: since it's not automatic, is that sometimes I forget. And so she's like, "Mom, I've, I haven't yes. been paid in a while." Yeah, Okay. So here's my <laughs> tip. Here's my tip. This has worked for, yes. for us since I have four boys, and I've tried all the different ways, and I was constantly forgetting or didn't want to have to keep all the cash on hand or quarters or whatever we were using at the time. Yep. The iAllowance allowance app. It's a little eye allowance. It shows a guinea pig. I have four different accounts set up. So I think you can have as many kids as you want on there. And it has their little picture. And you can even like do star accounts if you're keeping track of something. Uh, Maybe they're learning to go pee pee on the potty. And you want to keep track of stars you can or time. But it has a cash part. And you can do withdrawals and deposit. And you can have automatic deposits. That's Awesome. It's great. And then when we're out and about, they don't have like, if they don't have their cash on them, we don't have to worry about it Yes, because I have my phone usually, I mean, always with me. So I'll just deduct it then. And then we're like, we're also once a month we'll do, you can spend your allowance. It's not like all the time.
1: And that's a child's budget. That's, that's a child's budget. That's awesome. You know, and that's, that's a good way for them to understand that one, there are boundaries. Yes, um, yes. Around the money that it isn't just unending, right? And then that work and reward that that's powerful. Yeah.
0: And they each they each have like a role and a responsibility at home. That you have an area of the house they're responsible for, laundry that they're responsible for, um, dinner time a role and responsibility. And so that's kind of rolled into this. And then our oldest babysits now, and so he gets special deposits for that, but. It is helpful for them to see that amount or if we're out and about and they're like, oh, I really want this X, Y, and Z thing. I'm like, well, let's see how much money you have in your account. Maybe you can save up for next time we spend our allowance. So they can, like you said, attach that boundary line to these actual dollars and start paying attention. Things cost money. (laughs) It (laughs) does. things cost money. But not to make it an idol. How did you handle that? Like, since this is your line of work, how do we... How do we not fall into that line where it becomes an obsession in all we think about, but to hold it in balance of all of this comes from God and all of it is His? So how do we hold that tension?
1: That's a really good question. So I commonly joke around the house that my kids are never going to do anything with money. <laughs> Like career wise, follow in their mother's footsteps um, because I'm ruining my children in that way. They get sick of hearing about budgeting. However, here's the thing. Part of it is that we have to shift some of these responsibilities. So one of the ways that this shows up in my life is that because I do budgeting all the time, sometimes I do get burnt out. And so my husband ends up taking the reins. And so then I get a break or release And he gets plugged in. And so that is good so that we're sharing the responsibility. But the other part of it is we have to give ourselves permission to not stress about it. I kind of have a flow to how things work and I really like using cash. And so when you have cash, it just is, it's present. And when it's gone, it's gone. And so that means the spending stops. And so I don't look at my budget all the time. I look at my budget twice a month. Mm -hmm. Um, And that means I also... Look at my, you know, my bank account. Probably a good twice, a little bit more than that per month. Not super often, and so I've gotten into this flow where um, I'm not allowing it to consume me because I'm not looking at the numbers repeatedly. I also feel like people need cushion, and so life is not going to fit in my perfect little boxes, right? It it just isn't. So Excel, I love Excel. <laughs> <laughs> and I've made this pretty little budget. And at the beginning of the month, you think it's perfect. Yes. And then the dog gets sick. Um, and right. then you need new
0: tires that happen. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Here. In Indianapolis, the big thing is the potholes from the winter yeah. time. Oh, I remember. And yes. I hit a pothole not too long ago and that destroyed my budget. And so, but the thing is we need cushion. So mm-hmm. how we break this down so it's not down to the penny, you feel like everything has to be perfect, is that you have cushion. You need cushion in your budget. So you need to have some miscellaneous money where it's not spoken for. It doesn't go towards... Um, bills, clothes, food, or anything, it's just cushion. And then you need a little bit of cushion in your checking account, just a little wiggle room between you and Murphy. Um,
0: <laughs> so, <when> so <laughs> referring happens, to his law.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, right. So when stuff happens that you actually have a little wiggle room. And then the other piece of cushion is that you have some money saved, because inevitably life is going to happen. And like I said, I had you know, I hit a pothole and the, both the wheel, <laughs> the rim, and the tire had to be replaced. And so uh, I was just like, oh, $600 later. And frankly, when you have a savings account, it's like, okay, financially speaking, I don't have to stress as much because the money's there. It's already frustrating. You already have to get the car fixed. You're already going to be without a car or whatever it is um, while it's being fixed. But if you can take one less stress off of the plate, that's good, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So we don't have to be so dogmatic about it that it's causing a different stress. The the budget should bring freedom. And the reason I even started the business is because the Bible says in Habakkuk 2,2, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. Then it goes on to talk about the vision is set for an appointed time. And so here's the deal you write it, you write the vision, you make it plain, and then you simply run with it. This is your vision. And so if we're stressing, it's because we've actually created a stressful situation in our budget. We've not created wiggle room, or we haven't given ourselves permission to enjoy, or we we need a savings account. And so we need to tackle some of those, those goals in order to bring some of that flexibility that the budget can provide. And so It's a vision. It's a roadmap. It's a, you know, some healthy boundaries around your money so that you can get where you eventually want to go financially.
0: And it's this surrender. Like, that's what I hear you saying, too. It's this being wise with what God's given you and trusting him. So then it doesn't become the idol. When we don't have the plan, I think that what you're saying is that that's when we feel this need for more, this greed, which is like the love of money. You know, money isn't the evil. It's the love of money that's the evil. And so it's this, it becomes all we're thinking about because we haven't planned wisely for these situations.
1: It's much more stressful, actually, to not know how things are going to go yep, than to actually know that you can take care of all of the responsibilities and then reach your goal. And the other thing is that I am a really, my background is engineering, and now I'm doing this you know, money management. I love numbers. And so how I get out of my head is to realize that God is my provider. Mm -hmm. I am not the fixer of all financial issues. God is the provider. He also leads my way. And so when things come up and I have to shift or do a detour or what have you, I still know that he's in control. And so the budget is the guide. It's the plan. But when life happens, I also know that God's got this. He's I'm his child and he wants me to win and whatever life brings me. And so if I look to him and ask him for guidance, it's going to all work out. Even if it doesn't look like it, I'm submitted to him first and then and he gives me the resources. And so I want to be a good money manager for what he's given into me, because this is not my money. You know, it's really being a wise steward over what he's given me. And then when I look at it from that vantage point, there are some things that I want to do and some things that I don't want to do because I know that God has entrusted this to me so that I can take care of our family, but also be a blessing to others. And so when you look at it that way, there's this bigger picture of how how and why budgeting becomes so important for the family.
0: So good. Okay, do you... Offer your services remotely or do people need to live in Indiana? Oh, no. I've got clients everywhere. I do a lot of phone and video
1: coaching with my clients because they are all over the place. Probably less than half of my clients live in Indiana.
0: Fabulous. Okay, so let's point people, now that they love you like I do, (laughs) where can they find you online? And I'll link it in the show notes too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, right now, I am doing a seven day money
1: challenge. It's completely free. And awesome. so people can plug into that. It's just seven day money the number seven day money com. And so that'll be uh, seven days of video lessons, very short, like five minutes to help catapult you and get you unstuck in your finances in one week. Um, so that's one way that they can find me and get to know me a little bit better. And my business is Budgets. So online, on Instagram, you can find me on Facebook as well, Budgets, And that is a way for you can get either into the community, see what's happening on social media and any giveaways that I have, as well as um, on TaylorMadeBudgets.com. You can also sign up for a 30 minute session free of charge to just kind of understand where you are and help get you to some of your questions being answered and figure out your best next
0: steps. So good tailormadebudgets.com. All That's right. It. Thank you Erica for being with me today. So yeah. great. It Appreciate was a you. I'm sure our family is not the only one who has experienced anxiety or fear when it comes to finances and my hope is like I said near the end we can surrender that fear that whatever financial situation we're in, um, we've had seasons where we've had no work and we don't know when the next job's coming. We've had seasons where expenses surprise us. And so uh, I just want to pray over us and help us to surrender and to release that fear and just say it out loud because there is power in saying, you know, I'm really, I'm really scared that I don't know where we're going when we keep having expenses uh, at this rate and That finances aren't coming in. Uh, So let me pray for us. Lord, I come before you and present the gal or the guy that is listening to you, God. I hand their fear over to you that we can just say out loud, God, that we get scared, uh, that we're not going to be able to meet basic needs. And I thank you that you are our provider, that over and over in history, All around the world, even for Jesus, who didn't have a place to lay his own head, you provided. For Elijah, you, you had birds serve him. You are able to move creation in ways to meet basic needs. And may we surrender that to you. May we not look to the right and the left of what everyone else is doing and think that that is what we need and the peer pressure. I pray release of that comparison, Lord, that we can keep our eyes fixed on what you have for our families I pray a spirit of peace to fall on everyone who is listening to know your heart for them, your love for them, that you would not give them a stone instead of bread, but that you meet their needs because of your love, because of your care. And that this isn't about a four-bedroom house or a two-bedroom house, but this is about you wanting to love your kids well and to show them that you're looking out for them and to put people in their place. And may we also be people who keep our eyes open for need, that we can be the ones who entertain angels in disguise, that we can be the ones who provide for that person in their hardest moment to be used by God, moved by the Holy Spirit, to be the answer to someone else's prayer, to be to be the one who offers to pay for um, a meal that person wasn't sure they they would know how to pay for that we can care for a friend's kids so that that couple can have a moment together. Keep our eyes open, God, to see ways in which you wanna use us to be a blessing to those around us. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be desperately dependent on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, uh, time for me to go think about my goals with my husband. I hope y'all can take some time to think through that and, and brainstorm what's something that's uh, maybe taken a lot of hits in your finances that you could cut back a little bit on. Um, I thought her ideas for that were very, very helpful. And if you want to check out the app I mentioned, iAllowance, the links to all these things are in the show notes. I'm definitely going to sign up for her seven-day money challenge. That is in the show notes as well. You can find over at DontMomAlone.com for this episode. Thanks, y'all, for following along. Thanks for your reviews over on iTunes. I think they keep changing things up. I'm getting notifications about iTunes they're crazy. So if you want other people to find the show, the best way to do that is to of course just share with your friends. You guys did such a good job with that sharing on Instagram and and Facebook and at the playgrounds and the sidelines and at work and so I appreciate all of you sharing the show, um one's episodes that you love. And then it's leaving reviews over on iTunes. So if you could do that, that would be such a help to me and the show and to keep the ministry uh, going and growing and and helping more moms know that they are not alone. Continue to pray for me. Just got back from a fabulous trip with Bruce and headed off to Mexico again this week, uh, getting everything in order at home. Thankful for my mother-in-law. And I will be meeting with um, migrants from Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, who are currently in Oaxaca, Mexico. And so I will be hearing their stories, visiting the migrant centers there. If you could just pray for that trip and you can follow along uh, over at Instagram at Don't Mom Alone, I would really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, y'all. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to Don'tMomAlone.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, he said when he left, he was gonna leave a helper, a comforter to be with us, God in us. Moms, that is superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work,